Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. Let's talk about balance. Do you feel as if you've got everything going the way you want and you're never frazzled and you're never anxious and you're never spinning out of control and you're never wondering what if you should be doing this or not to be doing that? Well, if that's you, don't listen to this podcast. But for the rest of us <laughs> who are looking for balance, listen to this episode. I've got some really great tips that may help you not just improve your business, but transform your life. And you're only going to get that after this short break. And we're back. Thank you so much for sticking with me. If this is your very first time listening to this podcast, make sure you smash that subscribe button wherever you enjoy podcasts. That way, as soon as I can drop an episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of you who have been listening for multiple episodes, holla! I see you. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure that you, you tell your, your peeps, your homies, your associates, all of those important people. I need your help to grow this podcast and I can't do it without you. So be sure to like and share this podcast and that way we can all grow with one another. Okay, let's talk about balance. It came actually inspired by a question from a a client of mine. She sent me a message asking about the difference between masculine and feminine energy. And that is only found discussed in detail in my course, Amazing Attitude. Amazing Attitude is a 21-day program where we talk about how you can discover the best and most vivacious version of you. You can only find it on denisegelee.com, go to courses tab and click on amazing attitude. But one of the days that she talked about was about balancing your masculine and feminine energy. And she was really confused as to what that was. Again, deets can be found only in the link in the show notes before below, or you can go onto my website and navigate your way to that. But I'll just say this, balance is so important, so essential for a lot of us, for a lot of introverts, especially, and this was actually kind of conversation I had with another client where she told me her idea of balance was doing board games and she was trapped away from her husband doing board games. And, you know, those little online board games, And she said that it wasn't really helpful when she thought about it. It was true that it helped her to escape from the things that caused her stress and frustration. But in reality, it was not really helping her grow personally. And it wasn't really helping her deal with her emotions. And for a lot of us, we think that coping skills are finding balance. And that is not one and the same. Balance is literally the ability to recognize when you're have a need for rest, recharge, rejuvenation, or just the ability to relax. For a lot of us, there's a lot of guilt and shame and consternation about the idea of, oh my goodness, if someone sits sees me just idle, they think I'm resting on my laurels and that I'm lazy and I'm a sloth and I'm unprotective. And I'm going to think that even if they know that I've been just hours earlier working myself down to the nub 
I don't want them to think that I'm nothing but extremely workaholic and perfectionist. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. It could literally be you are modeling behavior from your family of origin. Perhaps you've always been an anxious person, either because of biology or heredity, meaning like you got it from your family members, or you just do it as a traumatic response to traumatic events and whatever that is. And you just don't really know how to relax and to have some flow in your life, meaning to be able to know when to work and really do your best job versus you know when to take a break. This is going to be a really helpful podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please make sure that you get out a pen and paper or just something to write with and record what I have to say because I know for a fact for those of you guys who are listening because I do get some of your emails that these kind of topics self-care self-nurturing or what you've been really craving and desiring to hear because especially in the society where you're always told to go 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 and do 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 it's so beautiful that you have the tools and the resources to be able to know when you're supposed to take it up to a high notch and versus those times where the best thing you can do is lay up on the couch and enjoy some nice music or just to stare at the sky and just notice the beautiful scenery in front of you. All right, let's get to it. The first step I have in Achieve Balance is number one is to schedule time for work and play. Number two is to know and enforce your boundaries. Number three is keep track of your efforts. Number four is ask for support along the way. Don't worry if you missed writing one thing I had to say. I'm going to go back each bullet point and talk to you about it in details. But I just wanted to give you an overview or the lay of the land, as it were, about what we're going to talk about. First, let's talk about scheduling time for work and play. We, as, and I'm speaking only for Western culture, but I do know I have listeners in um, the East. When I say East, I'm talking about Eastern cultures um, and other parts where they don't live and reside in Western cultures, such as the U.S. or Germany or England or Australia and those countries. But anyway, this whole idea that we can never take off, that we can never actually depart from work is from this grind culture where if you're not working hard all the time, then you're absolutely doing nothing and you're not going to your goals. And you may have heard the expression, you only live once, YOLO, and if you don't go for your dreams and just at the expense of everything else, you're just not productive. But those same people who talk about working, constantly making perfectionism some type of virtue, don't tell you about their burnouts. They don't tell you about overwhelm or exhaustion or literally alienating friends and family because they're not a hundred or thousand percent committed to your own dreams or ambitions. And that's dysfunctional. I don't know any other way to say it, but that's dysfunctional. It's covering up a lot of other insecurities and fears. And the way for us to schedule work and play is to prioritize and think about all the things that give us rest, that give us energy, that makes us feel good about ourselves. How often 
do we make ourselves feel guilty for saying, I need to take a nap, or I can't be involved in this 10th activity that is nice and I know it does good for the community, but it's draining me because I'm already committed to these other tasks. I want you to write out on a sheet of paper all the things that you must do, the essentials that keep your household or your business running. And I want you to write out all the things that make you feel joyful, make you feel awesome. Oftentimes when I talk with clients for the first time, they have no clue what they need to be doing that makes them feel good. I mean, they know some ideas as if I like to draw or I like to sketch, but they've never did a full blown out list of all the things that make them feel jubilant and elated and just excited. And But they have a mile long list of all the things they have to do for their household and for their business or their work, whatever's going on. That is just insane. Why do we have so much that's going on in our business and our family life, but we have next to nothing going on in our personal life? That has to end. That has to stop. If you're looking for some more balance, if you're looking for some more focus, I do highly encourage you to dive into my course, Amazing Attitude, where we talk a little bit more depth about self-care strategies and all the things that you need so that you can be able to find focus and clarity. But I will say the most paramount thing that I want you to do is to look at what you love to do and have purpose behind it. For example, as I was reflecting as all the things that I had going on for my business, I made the strategic decision that, yeah, I have my LinkedIn account, but I don't want to be there. If people want to connect with me and engage with me, they can find me on Twitter, Denise G. Lee. But other than that, I don't want to be anywhere else right now. Maybe I might hire a content creator or social media manager and have them take care of that. But you know what? Right now, I really just enjoy focusing on one account and one account early. I know there's this fable that's going on that if you're not on all the accounts all the time, that you're not going to be visible for your ideal client and your business is going to go to hell and all this other stuff. And I remember one little bit of advice that My first business coach told me, and it still holds true to this day as I think about it. She said that scattered efforts lead to scattered results, meaning that if you're everywhere all at once, you're not going to actually yield any fruit or any good thing that comes out of it. And think about that for your own business life, for your personal life. Are you trying to be everywhere all at once? Maybe now is the time for you to dial back and just prioritize what matters most, okay? Number two, know and enforce your boundaries. Now, let's talk about boundaries. For a lot of people in the world, they have none to little boundaries. And when I'm talking about that, I mean, where you end, meaning what you want to do emotionally, spiritually, mentally for people or for yourself, and where you begin, where you know exactly what you're going for, why, and how to go about doing it. For a lot of us, we've just been focusing on just people-pleasing, finding affirmation, finding people who will just more or less agree with us without making us feel bad on literally anything. And I want to let you know that that's dysfunctional. I hate to say it any other way, but it really is. We have 
to take responsibility for our own emotional well-being. And that means taking away the power from other people to make us feel like a pile of crap. I don't know any other way to say it but that. We are unavailable to be feeling as if we are unable to feel a sense of joy for the work that we do because we enjoy doing it or the work that we do because it makes us feel satisfied and whole inside. There's not going to be this spiraling back and forth between crazy town to where you're always trying to meet needs from people. You're literally trying to be psychic and interpret how they're feeling and how they're processing what you're saying and then who you are and what matters most to you. We're not doing that anymore. Today is a brand new and today is a better day. I want you to ask yourself right now, who am I really? Who am I really? What matters most to me? Is what I'm doing taking me closer or further away from what I want to be and where I want to go? Really think about that. Really analyze that because for so often, we have just been working on autopilot based on what we observed other people doing or perhaps how we operated for the longest time because it worked in our family of origin. But now we have our families of our own or we're operating in a new community or perhaps we have kids who are observing what we're doing and we're taking a hard look at ourselves and asking ourselves, or at least we hope, I hope that you're asking yourself, is this working? Is this helping me go closer to where I want to be? And if it's not, I invite you to look at the questions that I asked and ask yourself, hey, where can I change? What can I do a little bit differently? Okay. And that actually is a great segue to number three is keep track of your efforts. It's not enough for you to say that I'm going to schedule time for work and play and I'm going to know and enforce what matters most to me, my, my boundaries. It's about writing down what you've done, and how it's been working. Remember I told you earlier that I made the decision that I just was going to stop engaging on LinkedIn, at least temporarily. And that was not based on a whim. It was based on how I felt about the platform, the results that I was getting, and how I was interacting with it. Did I did it bring me joy? Did it bring me the results that I wanted? And the answer was at this point, I'm gonna shift and I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna do some other things that have been giving me a lot of joy, a lot of great people to interact with, and I'm feeling more and more aligned with my personality because it just actually brings me closer to who I wanna be and less stressful, less anxious, less disappointed. And that only happens if and only if you track and monitor what you're doing. And you may say, oh, I don't know. I don't want to write anything down. I don't want to write anything down. Well, let's think about this way another way. Have you ever seen bodybuilders such as Arnold Schwarzenegger? And Arnold Schwarzenegger, I got nothing else on my mind. He's the only one that comes through my mind. And you, oh, The Rock. Yes, The Rock. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway. They didn't get super strong and bulky overnight. They didn't do it because they randomly thought to go to the gym one day and say, hey, I just want to be super strong like Popeye. And I just pop in some spinach in my mouth. And Okay, sorry. Those of you who have no idea what I'm referencing, I'm really referencing a really, really old cartoon that 
doesn't even exist anymore. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make of the story is that The Rock, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and a bunch of other people, think of whoever cops to your mind who's really bulky and strong, they made the intention to do that. And they had to track and monitor their progress. They had to say, okay, biceps one day, triceps this day, legs this day, back this day. And they had a journal that recorded how much they were able to lift today and how able they were able to lift the subsequent day with the same exercise. And then they adjusted accordingly. Now, here's the thing I want to tell you. Maybe you need to be tracking and monitoring because you have no idea what's working and what's not because you're just kind of jumping from one thing to another. That's not how you succeed in business. And that's definitely not how you succeed in life. We have plans and we track and monitor how effective they are. That's the way to win. So get a some pen, paper, whatever. I know you probably already have that. But just write down with what you're writing with (laughs) and ask yourself, what am I really doing right now? Is it really effective? What do I need to be closely monitoring? Because for a lot of us, we have just been going on autopilot and it, it hasn't been working. I don't want you to be able to say to me two weeks from now or send me a message and say, look, I don't know what I've been doing. This hasn't been working. I don't know what's going on. No, 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 no. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to be able to actually have an idea of what has been doing some real benefits, real moves, not just in your business, but in your personal life. I'm hoping that as you identify and you track and monitor, you'll be able to really see what's the needle movers in your business and or your personal life. And lastly, let's dive into the last topic. The last thing is ask for support along the way. Again, this, what we're talking about is just a a teaser, a starter. If you really want to dive into more details about how you can be your best version of yourself, I encourage you to get amazing attitude because we can talk about a lot more things that we can be doing to take our business to the next level. You can only find it on my course, Amazing Attitude. Okay, but support doesn't have to necessarily only be through that resource. It could be also for your friends or your family members or someone that is extremely supportive and helpful to motivate and encourage you and inspire you. For a lot of us, I don't know why we feel as if no one will understand us and no one has gone through exactly the way we have. And we use that as a form to isolate and and that isolation can unfortunately alienate us from the people that can be helpful for us. We're not doing this anymore. We're not isolating. We recognize and understand the need for community. I want you, if you haven't done so already, tell at least two friends, and I say two, I didn't say one, two people in your network, and they say, hey, look, and you don't have to mention me by name. You could say, I really want to have some accountability. I want to improve this or that area. I want more balance. Will you help me with, and then fill in the blank, ask them what you want. Do you want them to send you a message every once a week? If they care about you, send a message once a week is no big deal. I remember reading this one article about this guy who was extremely obese. He was a, actually not even extremely, he was morbidly obese. He was a cook and 
on his five foot eleven frame, he weighed near four hundred pounds, and he was in his early twenties. This was a story back in the UK, and his friend sent him a text message daily for three sixty five days, the entire year, and says you're effing fat, and you may go, uh, what? Yes, this was the request of the person to send the message, you're effing fat. And you wouldn't believe he lost almost 200 pounds one year later because every single day, no rain or, sh- rain or shine, you're effing fat. Look, for some of you guys, you may not want to receive a message like that, but it was a heck of a motivator for this particular chef. And he lost the weight. And he said that it literally helped save his life because he was able to get his diabetes under control. He found the motivation so that he could be fitter for his his family. And he knew that his friend cared about him to be able, if he said, if my friend can consistently send these messages, I can consistently monitor my food intake and my exercise so I can actually do what I need to do. Think about what you can do get drastic with it and you'd be surprised what you'd able to accomplish now let's do a recap about achieving balance number one schedule time for work and play make it a priority for a lot a lot of us we have this huge long list of things to do but not enough things to play so make sure that you identify what matters most number two know and enforce your boundaries let people know what you can do what you can't do why you can't do it and why it matters most to you it's not enough for us to just simply say yes to anything anyone else says anymore. We are in control of our mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Number three, keep track of your efforts. If you want to be super strong, if you want to be minimizing your panic attacks, you got to write it down, honey. You got to write it down. It's not going to come automatically. And lastly, number four, ask for support along the way. I mentioned my course, Amazing Attitude, but it could be a mentor. It could be a guide. It could be anyone that you know that can help you feel clarity and confidence. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Was there something that was like, bing, I, wow, Denise, you blow my mind. I, I got this. If so, send me a message at podcast at denisegelee.com. That's podcast at denisegelee.com. I'd love to talk with you. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm knowing you are going to have a balance in all areas of your life. Okay, well, take care and be awesome.